week Lord be centered around that intimacy with you fellowship with you Lord we thank you Jesus for removing the veil helping us to enter in Lord we thank you for boldness boldness in our hearts that moves our soul and our body into your presence Lord we thank you we come this morning as your little ones as your little children we come to receive from your hand Lord we thank you for all of the little children here Lord we thank you that the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these Lord Lord make us small in your presence Lord that we may receive everything that you have from us help us Lord as we come to you Lord we come with faith and expectancy we come with boldness father for we know you are a good good father and you love to give good gifts to your children Lord so we, we humble ourselves this morning Lord we come excitingly excited Lord to know that you're a good good father Lord, we, we, we sing songs about your goodness, Lord. We talk about your goodness because it's real. We thank you, Lord. We have come here today to experience your good, good hand. Lord, I thank you that that which comes from your hand is only good. Lord Jesus, we come as your children this morning lord nothing to give to you nothing to impress you but we come to receive from you lord we bless your name you're holy thank you jesus amen amen so all the little children can can go out i guess that it's all of us, I suppose. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So you, we are free. Just be free this morning. Free to freely receive from Him. Jesus said, freely I have received, freely I give. Jesus freely received from his father when he was on the earth he didn't he didn't come with all the glory he left that in heaven he came a little child he took on flesh and blood and everything that he walked with to the cross he received when he was on the earth as a man that's why he said freely i've received freely i give and every victory that he obtained and all the grace that he obtained, the fullness of the Holy Spirit that he walked in and lived with, everything that he received, he gave to us. It's pretty, pretty awesome. So that's like, um, that's why that uh, Nick, what's that guy? Nick Devotokic or something, the little guy, no arms, no legs. Nick Voyager? Voyagic. Thanks, Josie. Nick Vujicic came to that understanding of life with no limits, <laughs> even though he had a 
massive physical disability that actually led him into just abundance of grace in his life um, where he was able to rise above his circumstances into what he describes a life of no limits and that's available to us because of what Jesus achieved so everything Jesus achieved he shares with his children pretty awesome thank you Jesus well we had a, a great um, camp last weekend for those of you who were able to make it um, it was great and for those of you who weren't able to make it we pray our prayer is that you'll just receive um, the blessing as well in the spirit even though you weren't there in the flesh so but it was it was great Daniel and Jay some friends of ours came up and and shared with us about kingdom culture and they really emphasized the king uh, the culture of honor and the culture of joy and um, yeah it was really really awesome time of impartation um, I was reminded that you know preaching sharing God's word is not so much uh, the text although the text is important but the life of of the person communicating is transferred you know through words and and as you communicate the gospel and as you communicate with others around you um, it's not so much what you what you know in your head even though that's important it's what you live in your life that that is so much uh, more powerful and um, yeah it was great good time of uh, impartation and uh, Braidwood also shared uh, with us some of his experiences and testimonies from Africa, which was, which was great. And he shared a message about um, stepping out of the boat. And so, yeah, we want to follow a little bit along those lines this morning. Um, stepping out of, of the boat, step the boat being um, our past experience in life and um boat uh, could could be a good thing a place of safety and security and familiarity um but peter uh, was encouraged by jesus to step out of that place of safety to walk on on water which was uh in his mind as a fisherman unsafe and naturally you know it was unreasonable uh, for jesus to ask him to come but he, he was able to cross that barrier and to step out and walk to Jesus. And so we want to do that this morning. And uh, as a church moving forward, we want to step into the possibilities of God in our lives, into the supernatural possibilities of God. God is, God is a supernatural God and, and he, he longs to manifest uh, in his children. So, yeah, thanks, Josh, for for sharing um we uh we were up early this morning comparing notes um <laughs> well we were anyway in the in the spirit um <laughs> so the lord uh actually you could bring that verse back up <laughs> in second corinthians five twenty one. thanks uh, brad and the crew for worship it was awesome um just a little short we have to extend it, make it a bit longer. Maybe tonight <laughs> we have some more. Yeah. Second Corinthians five twenty one. 
for he made him who knew no sin uh, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him so the topic this morning is the new creation for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him so we it's a transformation the new creation is a transformation being transformed from a sinner into a saint being transformed from uh, human weakness and human error into godliness and righteousness so we are on a uh, process of becoming the new creation we are um, by faith because of what Jesus has accomplished uh, already the, the new creation because of the power of his blood we've been made perfect and now we just we're going to work it out all the in-betweens um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says therefore if anyone is in Christ therefore if anyone there is no uh, qualification to anyone if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new in Romans 6 verse 7 verse 6 and 7 knowing this that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin for he who has died has been freed from sin so it's discuss discussing the new creation and as we read now uh, the new creation is free from sin do you agree with me According to the word, the new creation is free from sin. But that some of our minds are going, oh, hang on a minute. Uh, you know, this is some, some of you would say, oh, that's not scriptural. But that's a lie because it is. <laughs> we just read it. But sometimes, you know, we make a theology to our experience and um, instead of bringing our experience up to the word of God, you know, we, we make a theology or an agreement. So we make an agreement in our mind that it's not possible to be free from sin. But that's a lie. The Lord wants us to be free from sin because he paid the price for it, which is his blood. So let's not underestimate the power of the blood of Jesus anymore to transform you from sin into righteousness in reality. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then the verse we, we just read in Romans 6 is about water baptism. So the truth of water baptism is that when you go under the water, your old man is buried. Your sin is buried. All negativity from the past is buried. 
all rejection is buried and you come up new that's why uh, the Lord instructed us clearly and was was uh, this example was set by John the Baptist the man who ordained Jesus into his ministry he was baptizing uh, in the river Jordan where there was much water because he didn't sprinkle he buried them and you know I guess there's certain uh, you know believers that have not understood the depth of the teaching of water baptism and they've thought along the lines that it's just a you know it's a symbol but it's not just a symbol there's a power in baptism a power of burial a power of death and um, you know we, we don't just sprinkle we bury and the truth of burial is that those those old natures those old sinful natures are dead they're gone and if they try and rise up in your life it's the truth is that you were buried that they were buried and we saw that when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and um, they came to the edge of the Red Sea and they turned around and they were trapped the Egyptian army was pursuing them and the people cried out to Moses and Moses in turn to God and, and God spoke and said these Egyptians that you see today you will see them no more and as they went out through the water was parted some theologians believe that the, the, the rock shelf in the river in the Red Sea was brought up so that they were able to cross and then as they came to the other side they turned around and they saw the water buried all of the Egyptian army we know that that, that is a type of the uh, the fallen spirits in this world that try to drag us back to slavery and it can be in the form of wrong doctrine wrong Christian teaching so-called Christian teaching that says you will never be free from sin while you're in this body that is a lie from the pit of hell and is a doctrine of demons every one of those soldiers was buried under the water and when Miriam saw that she became famous because she celebrated the victory and she wrote a song that you can read about in Exodus chapter 15 we won't go there today but she celebrated the victory of God and that's a type of us in the new covenant when we see every devil every spirit that has tried to oppose us every sin that's tried to bring us into slavery we are now free from because of the truth of water baptism we are free from slavery to sin we are free from the nature of sin we are free from the works of sin so that we can walk in the righteousness <laughs> so it's like this you know we we have to receive the whole counsel of God it's like the whole gospel but okay well, let's go on verse 21 I find a law that evil is present with me the one who wills to do good for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members 
O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body, from this body of death? So there's a, a warring in Paul's mind, remembering that he studied the old covenant, the letter of the law, his whole life, and was a scholar. And he knew the power of sin. He didn't know freedom in Christ. He didn't know freedom from sin. He only knew the power of sin. And he knew the, the old covenant, the law. And he lived his life as a failure because he never received freedom from the law. So when he came to Christ, when he first accepted the Lord, it wasn't automatically transformed. I mean, he came into salvation, but I believe there would have been a process where he had to renew his mind, where he had to work out in his mind, what, how do I relate to the old failure? How do I relate to the old mentality of trying to do right and failing all the time? How do I get free from sin? So, so you know, Romans 7 and 8, we see the process that Paul went through. And as Christians, so many just make a theology out of this, this chapter. And it's like that becomes their ceiling that they live under. And it's a heavy weight to carry. It's called the, the halfway there mentality. Well, I'm calling it that now. <laughs> Halfway, you know, saved, yeah, by faith, but the reality is I'm still uh, bound to pornography. Or the reality is I still get angry sometimes to my wife. Or when I'm really pressed, I, you know, I just give in. You know, I, I, I'm still a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. It's so confusing, and it doesn't honor the Lord. So in verse 25, he has a little breakthrough Verse 24, yeah, I'm wretched, who, but I need a deliverer. Verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's starting to confess his deliverance, his freedom. But then he goes back and says, So with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So we can just camp there for a while, eh? Should we just, maybe for the next four weeks we can preach on that verse would that be <laughs> I mean like we've got to go on to Romans 8 like and and then we can go into Ephesians and understand Paul was on a journey of getting free from sin in reality through the blood of Jesus but in reality as he lived out his life on the earth Romans 8 verse 1 there is therefore now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So he's starting to realize the difference between being a Christian and being in Christ Jesus. Being in Christ Jesus is experiencing freedom from slavery. Who do not walk according to the flesh. Now he's starting to get a new uh, experience and ex explain to us about walking in the Spirit. Uh, we do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. He's, he's getting revelation and he's, he's explaining it to us. Even though there was that struggle 
Yeah, now he's coming into freedom. Jesus has made me free. Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So we walking according to the Spirit is walking into freedom. So Paul, as we read in Philippians, not that I've already obtained, but I'm on a journey towards Christ-likeness and I press, I press to the prize of Christ, to the upward call of God. In Christ Jesus. And he, he went on in Ephesians just to see, you could see the, the journey of Paul and his revelation increased in his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. This is beautiful. He says, forget the past in order to receive the future. This is the future, that our eyes would be enlightened with the hope of the calling of God. This is a pattern of God right from the beginning. You can read in, in Genesis when, when the earth was in uh, disorder and disarray and there was no form and um, theologians call it you know, the gap theory where, where the earth was previously uh, beautiful but uh, had become corrupted through the fall of the angels. And we see that the earth has come to such a state where it was without form and was void. It was void of form it was void of the creator but we see the spirit of god hovered on the face of the water so the spirit of god always comes to regenerate that which is without form and that which is corrupted and we see then that the that the voice of god spoke and said let there be light so the lord comes to enlighten our darkness and and it wasn't the sun that that uh, the sun was created later on. But there was a light that came into the darkness. And that's where we are at now. And this is where Paul has, has come in his life. When you compare Romans 7 with Ephesians chapter 1. Where there was you know, a bit of confusion in his mind about how he could get free from sin. Because he was, he was battling with his mind. And he went on in Romans 12 to say... Uh, we need to renew our mind. That, that we need to train our minds that we're no longer sinners. That we're no longer bound to sin, but we're free in Christ. That we're no longer rejects. Even though you may have had a mother or a father that rejected you, or a friend of school that bullied you, but do not allow that negative thing in the past to shape who you are today and who you will be in the future. Like, those negative things 
create barriers for us to enter into the fullness of what God has for us. And they, they need to be broken off in Jesus' name. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, enlightened with the light of God, the revelation of God. Jesus came into the world as light. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the light. He came to give light. He came to give a spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Him, that your eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? We're no longer slaves. We are sons. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. The exceeding greatness of His power is to transform you from a sinner into a saint, is to change your sick body into a healthy body. It is to change your negativity in the workplace into a positive person who brings change. It's to change you from a person who is rejected and despised to a person who is accepted, to a person who is unlovely, who is disconnected emotionally to a person who is lovely, who is connected emotionally. He wants to transform us into someone who is difficult to love, who is someone who is easy to love. He wants to transform us from someone who was selfish into someone who is selfless. And then Jesus says these amazing words. He said, you will know they are my disciples by the love that they have one for another. That's selfless love. That's how we know that there's true fruit in our lives. That's how we know we are transformed from sinners into saints. So Ephesians 2, 5, even when we were dead in our trans trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved. This is the gospel. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this is the resurrection. We're no longer, Jesus is no longer on the cross. He went through the cross. Now he's resurrected. And he's calling us true. He did say, unless a man denies himself and takes up his cross, he can't follow me. But he doesn't want us to stay in that place of bearing the cross. He wants us to realize we've been resurrected. You don't have to carry the weight of your sin. He already carried it. And he's been resurrected. He's seated on the throne. And, and we, through the baptism, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we've been raised with him. And sit in victory. He's made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. 
Jesus is king. So I, I, I love Jesus and I love to read the stories of Jesus. And, and in closing, I, w- I want us just to go together into Mark chapter 5. We see uh, one of the beautiful uh, miracles that Jesus did when he was on the earth. You know, he had such compassion for people. And um, uh, he, he brought freedom that man desired. So Mark 5, 21. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So Brad, uh, is Brad here? Can we, do you want to, do you want to play instead, Karis? (laughs) Karis can sing. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Thanks. Yeah. So Jesus came on the earth and this guy the ruler of a synagogue it's interesting you know when you really look into this um, the rulers of the synagogue were not really um, you know they were they were not um, yeah they were not too friendly with Jesus in fact Jesus they saw Jesus as a threat because he took the people out of the synagogue you know when he when he moved on the land and that that meant uh business went down and um you know they really turned off Jesus when he went in and turned over the the um the business tables in the temple and he drove out the the animals that they were selling for a good price so Jesus was not too popular amongst the synagogue officials but it's interesting that this guy had a problem in his life, in his family, in his daughter that he loved, that he couldn't get any help in the synagogue. The, the, the law and the religion that he had given his life to, to serve, was not able to help him in his own house. And his daughter that he loved was dying. She had such sickness. And that drove this man to a point of desperation where he risked being rejected by his counterparts. In fact, he even possibly put his career on the line in asking Jesus to come to his house. But when Jesus was on the way there uh, to heal the daughter, there was a certain woman He was not given a name because this certain woman we know was rejected by the society that she lived in because she had an issue of bleeding and uh, she was despised. In fact, she was not even, you know, allowed to go into the synagogue and women in those days could only go to a certain outside area anyway. So Jesus, we know, started the true women's liberation movement and brought the presence of God to the women not the false, rebellious women's liberation movement, but Jesus started the true 
women's liberation movement where he brought dignity back to women. And we see he brought healing to this woman and transformed her life. I mean, she was so rejected that she couldn't get close to Jesus like this ruler of the synagogue and ask him back to her house. She would never do that because she would have been carrying this spirit of rejection where she'd, 25 years or however long, she'd tried to get healing from man, from doctors, but was not able to find it. But she thought, if I just touch his garment, that's enough. That's all I need. So Jesus was interrupted in going to this ruler's this ruler of the synagogue, you think about it, the ruler of the synagogue, maybe his job was to keep the women out of the central part of the synagogue. Maybe he had, you know, set up barriers or something. But Jesus was delayed in getting to heal his daughter because there was this rejected woman who needed him. And he, Jesus stopped to minister to this rejected woman to accept her. And to heal her and restore her life. And in the meantime, this Jarius' daughter had died. And we see that some report, negative report, came from Jarius' house and saying, Don't trouble uh, Jesus anymore. Your daughter's dead. You know, give up. Uh, she's dead. It's too late. Jesus, in his love and compassion, he overheard the conversation. And he encouraged Jairus. In verse 36, Mark chapter 5, verse 36, this is wonderful. Jesus heard the word that was spoken. And I want you to know that Jesus hears your words. He hears your desires. He's not deaf. He hears you. And he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. So this ruler of the synagogue, he had faith for his daughter's healing, but he didn't have faith for her resurrection. And Jesus met him at the point of his faith and brought him higher. He said, Don't fear. Only believe. You believe for your daughter's healing, and I love that. But now I want you to believe for her resurrection. And this is where we are encouraged by the Lord to grow in our faith. Maybe you've believed God uh, for your finances. Now it's time to believe God for your healing. Maybe you believe God that you are the righteousness of God in Christ by faith, but you're still struggling in sin. Maybe it's time to believe God that you're going to be free from sin in reality. Maybe it's time for the river of God to discover some gold in your life. When the Son of Man returns, He's looking for gold. He's looking for your faith. He's looking for, for your desires to latch on to His promises uh, in your life. Why make this contention and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed Him. They ridiculed Him. But when He had put them all outside... He took the father and mother of the child. Why did Jesus put them outside? He didn't need to put them outside to do a miracle. But he's showing us that, that, he, that he loves faith. He just, he's looking for faith. 
And there's a special experience for those who enter into faith. Wherever you're at in your life, uh, he, he encourages you to believe again. He took the child by hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. So Jesus said to us, I am the resurrection and the life. So resurrection trumps healing. Not only was she resurrected, but she was healed, but there was no mention of her healing. So whatever caused her death was healed through the resurrection. And um, not, not this Sunday, the next, we are going to have our Easter service. And we are going to discuss the resurrection of Jesus. And the resurrection of Jesus covers everything. It covers freedom from sin and it covers healing from sickness. So I want to encourage you if you've got...